Welcome to the Writer's Hour, where we have creative conversations with up-and-coming authors on their latest books. This is the place to be if you wish to get a preview of new books that are available for the voracious bibliophile, as well as the story behind the story for the voyeur who wishes a peek behind the creative curtain. Here's your host, Janine Bolin. Thank you for joining us today. This is Janine Bolin with the Writer's Hour Creative Conversations, and I am visited by, by Nancy Zare. She happens to be a sales psychologist and strategist. Not only that, she is an author, speaker, and consultant. Basically, she helps entrepreneurs kind of take the fear out of sales conversations and basically replaces it with confidence. And who can't use a little bit more of that, right? And I, I know for many of the authors out there, what they kind of would love to have is just a little coaching, a little help when it comes to promoting their books. I mean, we all talk about writing the book and we've had many, many writers on. And today I thought we'd take a, just a slightly different tack and talk about, okay, what happens after the book is written? And then you have to go and do something that is so outside, so far removed from your comfort zone. And that is getting out and actually selling your book. As we like to say, you know, um, flipping your books or flopping your books. It, it, there's different types of terms for when you have to go out and start selling books. So anyway, what, let, let's talk a little bit about Nancy just for a moment first. She's a psychologist and strategist, and she also helps people with how to start a sales conversation using relationship marketing techniques, how to follow up, how to handle questions, how to handle objections. Well, I really don't know if I want to buy this book. I don't know if it's appropriate. And basically, how to get yourself hired or how to promote yourself in a way that people want to have you as a speaker, especially if you're an author, you know that selling books is only one aspect of your business. There's also the other things. So Nancy earned her master's and doctorate degree at Boston College and is a former professor professor of social work. She is an author of several books, including Compelling Selling and her international bestseller, Words That Sell with Style. She's accredited in sales training and adult learning, and Nancy turns education into entertainment. She has a secret desire. Did you know that? Did you know that? She has a secret desire to go racing on the Autobahn. (laughs) So be ready to laugh and think and share and be wowed as she drives home the idea of how buyers buy and why. Thank you for joining us, Nancy. Oh, it's my pleasure, Janine. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's one of the things we love to do here at the Writer's Hour is help writers throughout the entire process of the writing journey from dealing with your own internal demons, as you are aware of. Any Anyone who has written a book understands there are so many dark nights of the soul just trying to get the book written. And then after you write it, then comes the next level up. If you are a gamer, you level up and then you have to deal with the demons at the outside of the world of having to sell this silly thing. So. Yeah, yeah. talk to us a little bit about your own process, not only of your writing the book, but what really drove you, drove you to write the book to help other people out. I'd love to hear that. So I have written four books, and I know that it, for me, writing the books came from the fact that I had a lot of knowledge and expertise and subject matter you know, know how that I wanted to share with the world. And that was really the motivation. I wanted to get my message to more people. And writing a book made sense at that point, as it probably does to others who write nonfiction material. 
So when you get ready to sit down and start writing a book, did you just hammer it out and it was no problem and it just flowed seamlessly and you're one of those lucky 0.1% of authors who just like, I got the idea and I just typed and it was done. Of course not. And uh, you and I are both <laughs> laughing and smiling as you were asking the question, let alone my listening to the question, because, of course, 99.9% uh, .9 of people, it doesn't flow that way. There are parts that do flow because obviously you have a message, you have material, you know, so it does flow in that sense. But the the actual crafting of words to express what's inside, wow, I mean, it is very much like a Michelangelo who's chipping away at that solid block of marble. And you see what the vision is. You see David inside the marble. But to get David to emerge and to look like David so other people see it, that is the challenge for us writers. Yeah, that's really the work. That is what is necessary and what needs to happen. So you've written four books. So do you have like a writing structure? Are you one of those writers uh, that writes every day or are you more a project based person? Tell us a little bit about your process. How do you write? Because you have a practice, you have a business, you have a lot of things going on in your world. So share with us a little bit how you manage to get book writing in, in amongst all that other stuff that you do. I'm a project focused person. So right now I actually have three books that I'm working on. Uh, they go together. So hence, that's why there are three of them. I uh, have a lot of material. I've written out the material and I'm frankly organizing it in a way that makes better sense. So I have blocked out time periods. And for me, I find a two to three hour time period is a minimum. I have to get back into the groove, my thought process. I have to almost like, um, you know, priming a pump. If you, if you've ever done that, there's a lot of uh, cranking of, of the apparatus without anything coming out before there's a flow of water. And in my case, I, the way I prime my pump is I read previous section or the section I'm about to edit. And that kind of gets me back into the thought process and the flow. But I do need that concentrated period of time. And I block it out in my schedule. So there's many people that operate using a project base. Some people like to write every day. And so one of the things that I wanted to have you work a little bit more around is then you're done writing the book and you're sitting there holding it in your little fists and you're so proud of yourself and you should be. You should pat yourself on the back. I'm saying every writer who finally gets that book done, we understand it. But then comes the next, it's like the 10 labors of Hercules, right? Because then you thought you had the worst part behind you or, or the big part. And now comes the marketing. So you have this wonderful thing about appreciating marketing. That's, you have that format going on. Tell us a little bit about how you share that with people. Yeah, the, it, the, you know, many of us don't realize that the bigger task is marketing what we're doing as opposed to the doing of it. We all love the doing of it. I know that even though it is at times painful to write and to edit your words, 
it, nonetheless, that is a certain joy. There's a fulfillment as you see the words come onto the pages. And then when you see the pages materialize into a, an actual form, this is very exciting. But we are in the business of then marketing that material. And that raises a whole new set of skills. Most of us don't have those skills. I, I certainly didn't have the skills. I was not focused on marketing my entire career. And yet there I am, you know, I had the first book I wrote, by the way, was on workplace hostility, myth and reality, a nice light little novel. I'm, I'm laughing. Um, obviously, it was based on my experience as a psychologist working with companies where they experience violence in the workplace. So what did I know about marketing? I mean, I knew nothing about marketing and the topic was not exactly a light, airy, fun topic. How we, how do you market a book like that? Well, for so many of us, I think we look to that publishing company, that third party publisher that is somehow going to take that book and make it into this, uh, you know, bestseller or certainly get it in the hands of others. And, and honestly, I have to tell you, Janine, that did not happen for me because that first book was published by a third party and uh, it, it went nowhere. <laughs> uh, that's an all too true and frequent refrain by many authors. They don't realize the amount of marketing that the author themselves have to do. Not everybody has the ability to hit the first novel and have huge steam rolling. And we have a lot of authors out there who do very, very well. But then there is what I like to say, those of us whose missions aren't necessarily international, but we do have a niche market. We do have something that we are supposed to be doing. So talk to us a little bit about what you mean mean by appreciation marketing? What is that definition? And tell us a little bit about that aspect, because obviously you had to learn it. You had to, you had to create this uh, new way of marketing for yourself, because like you say, you were writing books that weren't necessarily, ooh, before I go to sleep, let me read this really awesome thriller. <laughs> I mean, you were, <laughs> you were writing about some pretty serious topics. So what is appreciation marketing? Appreciation, of course, is being able to express gratitude, and in this case, express gratitude for other people, uh, because it's other people that are going to help you. And I have found that one of the best ways to express appreciation, I've certainly, you can say thank you, and you can gush and ooze about whatever it is the person's done for you, but having a tangible thing that they can hold in their hand is a great way to not to express that appreciation. And so I use cards and gifts as my main way for doing appreciation marketing. And I particularly like to uh, pick out uh, cards and personalize them with photos or family pictures or other things that are significant, like the, the book cover. I did that for an uh, author friend of mine. And, you know, it, it's something that becomes a keepsake. It's very personalized with, of course, my message, but it also means so much to the individual receiving it. And that to me is what appreciation marketing is all about. 
And that has kind of come under the heading of relationship marketing. You hear a lot of that. And what I find funny is people have been doing that with like Tupperware and Mary Kay and other types of things for, for decades. You know, relationship marketing has been around for a very long time. And I find it funny that all of a sudden you hear it everywhere. And, and I'm like, well, anyone who's been in business longer than five years knows how important the relationships, not only with their current customers is, but also their, you, you know, potential customers and referrals and all that kind of stuff. So the other thing that you talk about and write about is you have these four types of personalities, these four types of buyers that are interested in. And sometimes it helps an author to know what kind of audience that they're playing to when they're giving uh speaking about their book or they're doing readings or something like that, if they can incorporate something for every one of these four personalities that's helpful in a presentation or whether you're just um, on an audio program like this on a podcast. So what are those four types of buyers? And can you give us a couple of tips that you've learned over the years about that? So first, I want to point out that the introduction that I sent to Janine, and she, of course, did some modification because we do know each other and have worked with each other a few times. Nonetheless, that introduction covered all four personality styles. And so by crafting that and giving it to her ahead of time, which is absolutely a recommendation if you're speaking at a bookstore or uh, speaking in front of an audience or an association, you should always have an introduction that you personally have written for them to read. And this is the way you can ensure that they are going to touch the various four types of uh, listeners that are in the audience. And so what are those four listeners? There's a listener who is full of excitement and the energy and adventure. And so hence driving on the Audubon is definitely a message that appeals to that listener. And they say to themselves, oh, I'd like to know and hear what she has to say. Then there is the listener that really wants to connect heart to heart on a, a deep friendship level. And so by letting them know I'm a sick psychologist, social worker, uh, personal experience about my family and so forth. This is a way for them to say, oh, I would like to get to know her. And then there's the third buyer that really is impressed by credentials. They want to know how long I've been doing this, the fact that I have four books, that I am an author, that it's Dr. Nancy Zare. These are the things that will appeal to them. And your last listener is the person who is very much into expertise. And yes, you can tell them about your credentials. You can tell them about awards or recognition or all that. But honestly, they need to make sure that you're smart and that you, that when you open your mouth, you sound wise. And hence, um, again, you want to tell them that you are are a learned person, but nonetheless, they need to figure it out for themselves as they listen to you. So you have these beautiful four personality types, the adventurer, the heart to heart, the one who likes credentials and the one who enjoys people to have some expertise, you know, and I, I can't say I can't say that I don't blame them for that because, you know, if you're going to spend time and you've set aside time, you've given up something else. And so for those who are really time management oriented, you want to make sure that you're spending time with somebody who has something 
to say. And so most authors, by the time they get their book published, do have something to say. They have contemplated it. They've worked at it. So I, I'd like every author out there to know that what your book is saying, whether it's fiction, whether it's not fi nonfiction, is important. There's stories, there's lessons, there's metaphors there that are actually going to help someone. So what Nancy Zare can do is help you craft not only your bios, but also give you some tips on how to go about selling your book to these four different personalities without sounding salesy. You're not going to come off as some cheesy salesperson because of it. I've been lucky enough to be able to read her book, Compelling Selling. So do you mind, Nancy, talk us through what was your driving factor to write that book? I mean, here you are, a psychologist, strategist, and you focus on entrepreneurs, but why compelling selling? I mean, what, what was the impetus for that? Please share. So you said the key word, strategist, and that's exactly why I wrote the book. There, it was a very strong strategy behind it. I mentioned that I had written my first book and it was published by an outside source and it went nowhere, which I wasn't looking for it to go anywhere. As I said, I wrote it more because I felt I needed to connect with more people in the field and my message needed to have a broader audience. The second time I wrote a book, it was an electronic book. And I wrote it again because I had bubbling up within me the desire to communicate to a broader audience. But I had no clue that you're supposed to market a book. It went nowhere. But I had a book. I was an author, published author. And there's credibility to that all by itself. This third book that became an international bestseller in January 2020, I wrote that and deliberately worked with a marketing advisor, a coach, on how to make it a bestseller because I knew that that would enhance my credibility. And the intention was to publish it in hard copy. However, the COVID situation came about in which there would be no book signings. Hence, I delayed publishing it in a physical form. And then I took a step back and I thought, okay, why did I write that book? words that sell with style. I wrote it again for purposes strategically to help me get my word, my message to a broader audience and to hopefully attract clients to my coaching business. Well, that hadn't changed just because COVID came along, but it did give me an opportunity to take that book, rewrite it, add much content to it, and again, in a very strategic way, decide to publish it in physical form, which I did. It's now called Compelling Selling. And I use it as a, I'm going to be brass here, a $5 business card, because it costs about $5 for it to be published or for me to publish and mail it to somebody, because at this point, I'm not physically meeting with people. So mostly I'm mailing it, but it's a, it's a $5 business card, which immediately communicates to the receiver, amazing credibility on my part and expertise. So it helps me get selling engage, uh, speaking engagements where I, of course I could sell the book and it helps me attract more clients. Plus Janine, I wrote the book with a couple of calls to action in the book. And so it was marked, it was, it's, 
it was written strategically for the purposes of promoting my business. It's so much easier to buy an inexpensive book under $20 and let that do the marketing for me than it is for me to say, hey, buy my $2,000 coaching program. Yeah. Yeah. You don't say, uh, it's one, one of those things that as coaches and professional coaches that, that, uh, it's much easier to have, a, um, I think it was Mike Capuzzi of bite-sized books who coined the term, um, a business card on steroids is what he says when he talks about his free books. He, he actually works with business owners with free books. And I am mentioning Mike Capuzzi because he's the one that got Nancy and I together. Nancy was like, Janine, Hey, have you seen this guy. He talks about these books. He'd be great for your podcast show. And I ended up hiring him. And so the reason I bring all that up is that is relationship marketing. Nancy was practicing what she preaches. She introduced me to another business owner who had a product that I had actually been looking for. I had been seriously looking for it. And the other thing Nancy did for me, and she doesn't know about this, so I'm going to share it, is <laughs> that I was telling her, look, after COVID and everything, I've been sitting on my butt so much of gained 20 pounds. I got to get back into exercising. And she was like, you need to go onto YouTube and check out this lady by the name of Shelly Fowler. She lives in Australia. She's got fabulous fifties. And let me tell you something, ladies, for women over 50 who've been sitting around a lot because of COVID and just working in front of Zoom, Shelly Fowler is the exercise guru for people like me. I have to do low impact, one too many horse accidents when I was younger, one too many car wrecks. And so I just, like I said, Nancy practices what she preaches when it comes to this relationship marketing gig. She's got it on lock. So Nancy, don't you, I'm just going to leave it open to it. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you do it. It's awesome. Well, Janine, I love to be a connector. And uh, if you genuinely enjoy seeing other people flourish and you enjoy watching them thrive, uh, it's easy to want to connect people that you know could support each other or where there's synergy or the possibility of actually doing business together. And I take that very seriously. I love connecting people, sending introductions, and hence, yeah, that's what relationship marketing is. It's, it's in, in letting people get those connections going. So thank you so much for being with us today. And I highly encourage folks to grab yourself a copy of Compelling Selling and just take a tour through it. It's not one of those heavy books where you're trying to figure out huge strategies or whatever. I've thumbed through it and I, I always get gold nuggets from every book I thumb through. I always get excited when I have two or three and that's what happened with Nancy. The other thing is, is when it comes to relationship marketing, it's not about selling anything. It's about helping other people thrive. And for those of you out there who are in the non-fiction uh, world, you understand that. For those of you that are in the fictional world and you're writing mystery theories and you have uh, mystery novels or thrillers or romance novels, maybe you have no idea how to go about using some of the techniques we're talking about. Would you give Nancy a call? I mean, she'd love to chat with you because there are ways to market those books just as effectively through relationship marketing as any other. And she can help give you some tips on that. So, Nancy, any last words you care to share with us and the and the listeners today? I the last words are 
keep writing. Don't make them last words. Make them words that are your legacy, because really that's what a book is all about. It's something that will live on beyond you, carries your message. Uh, your family will be so excited. I know uh, I have another author in my family, which is my older brother. Uh, he's eight years my senior, and he's a physical chemist at Stanford University. And I must admit that I proudly display displayed his first book uh, that it was on quantum physical chemistry or some such crazy name. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it had Zare on the spine and I'm a Zare and it was just so exciting to, to see that. So, you know, the last word is don't let it be your last word. Keep writing. Thank you. I agree with that. I love stories. So I, I cherish my fictional writers just as much as I do the nonfiction. The nonfiction are educating me, making better, expanding me. Oh, and the fictional writers, you guys take me out of reality. You let me play in your playground. You know, you have a whole new sandbox. You got fairies and gnomes and dragons and whoever, know, you know, whatever else you're working on. And I just, your stories are important to all of us. And uh, as fellow authors and published authors of that, Nancy and I really encourage you, please keep writing. I, I agree with that 100%. Nancy, thank you so much for your time today. We'll probably have you back. You, since you have those other books on the back burner, definitely reach back around to us. And this is Janine Bolin with the Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations, wrapping it up. So keep your feet firmly planted on the ground. Keep your hands on the keyboard. Keep typing and keep reaching for those stars. Thank you for listening to the Writer's Hour. To hear more about the creative conversations that Janine Bolin is sharing with her listeners, please visit janinebolin.com forward slash guest. Guest.